0: love them or hate them, mushrooms are incredible. There's a growing body of research that shows the power of mushrooms in medicine since it helps prevent and control diabetes. It helps them prevent and control heart disease. It helps cure cancer. And of special interest right now is the power of mushrooms in fighting bacterial and viral infections. Can you say COVID? Listen now as I talk to internationally renowned mycologist and research scientist, Christopher Hobbs about why everyone should be eating mushrooms. I'm Sarah Heiner, and this is the Bottom Line Advocator Podcast. Don't forget, rate and review and share, share, share. Hey there, happy Thursday, Facebook. It's great to see you. Um, I am excited to see you today. The sun is shining. It's been kind of rainy for a couple of days, and now the sun is out and the days are longer and it feels so good to be getting back outside, spending more outside, getting the fuel of nature. And why am I talking about nature right now? Because we're talking about mushrooms, which is one of the most prominent items throughout all of nature. I, I will say this in a moment about that. I have I've never been a mushroom lover and I watched a video. I mean, i learned a lot from the, our guests that we're gonna to have today, but I watched a, a documentary yesterday and my, uh, my whole head was blown about the power of mushrooms and what they do on earth. For life and for our bodies, like truly remarkable. So, wait till you hear what we're going to learn today. Um, I will give you reminders as usual. We've got a growing library of videos on Facebook um, and also on our YouTube channel, Bottom Line Inks YouTube channel. So go there and subscribe. Um, tell your friends about these. Share them. Um, this link will be live, so you can reshare it if you if you want to see it. If you know somebody who loves mushrooms or doesn't love mushrooms but needs to be converted. Um, then uh, share this link with them afterward. We've got all sorts of other videos that we've been doing. I've got hundreds of them on YouTube that you can share. I will also remind you as I always do, immune, immune, immune. There's nothing more important for you to do for your body than strengthen your immune system. The world is opening up, but I still am watching people and hearing people afraid to go out. They've had their vaccines, they're still putting on their masks. The stronger your immune system, the more confident you'll be about all the germs. There are bazillions of germs out there, more than just COVID. And yet we've existed for years, but now we're so paranoid. So we have this great download that our editors put together of some of the big, great things and simple things that you can do to boost your immune system, including going out and enjoying the sunshine and including eating mushrooms, which we'll talk about. Anyway, download that now um, and again, share it. Okay, we need we need a healthy population so that we can get on with our lives and people not being afraid. Um, I think that's all that I have to remind you about, except if you have questions. If you have questions for about mushrooms, about what we're gonna be talking about, put them on into the chat and I will have them passed along to me and then we will pass them along to Chris Hobbs. Um, and I think that's it for the moment. So let me introduce you, let me bring on Christopher Hobbs um, and introduce you to him and let you know how great he is as he's surrounded by his uh, bouquet of mushrooms back there. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let me introduce, I always read my bullet points, so I'm certain that everybody knows exactly how great you are. Chris Hobbs is an internationally renowned mycologist, herbal clinician, licensed acupuncturist, botanist, and research scientist with over 40 years of experience in herbal medicine. He's taught at universities and medical schools such as Stanford Medical School, Yale Medical School, Bastyr University, UC Berkeley, and the National School of Naturopathic Medicine. So he's taught the mainstreamers and he's taught the naturopaths. So he's got gotten all of them listening. Um, he's a founding member of the American Herbalist Guild, and he's the author of over 20 books, including his newest book, Christopher Hobbs' Medical Mushrooms, The Essential Guide, uh, Boost Immunity, Improve Memory, Fight Cancer, Stop Infection, and Expand Your Consciousness. I just absolutely ruined that. Chris, you want to Pick up the book so people can see what it looks like. I know you've got it right near there, as long as we're talking about it. There you go. Get it in the right place there. Okay, there we go. That's what it looks like. If you go on Amazon, you'll see it and it'll jump right out at you. So phenomenal, phenomenal, amazing reviews, phenomenal resource about everything, beautifully produced book, everything you need to know about mushrooms and why they are so good and which are which. Um, And you can learn more about Chris at ChristopherHobbs.com. Okay. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you for being here.
1: You're welcome. My pleasure, Sarah. So, Wonderful to be
0: here. <laughs> thank you. So true confessions. Literally when I talked to Chris um, last week and we were getting ready for this and I said, I don't like mushrooms. I admitted it. I, I It's a texture thing. It's a slight, like they've never been on my radar, number one. And number two, I always think of them as these allergenic things. It's like the it's like evil mushrooms, even though I know they're tasty and that they're healthy and I know they're medicinal mushrooms. But in my mind, I always had the, as icky, fungus you could die, ew, and then I started researching, and I read your book, and I watched some videos, and my mind got blown about the power of mushrooms, true confession, absolutely, got up, finished watching something this morning, first thing out of my mouth to my husband was, you gotta watch this film, like, it was just incredible, it's called, uh, fascinating fungi, I think was the name of it, um, anyway, so, high level, Chris, like what, why are they so remarkable? Tell people why my mind got blown in terms of mushrooms.
1: Well, uh, for one thing, mushrooms used to be lumped in with the plant kingdom and and now they're in their own kingdom. So they're, they're a major, major force on planet earth. They're, they're, you know, so many different species all in every ecosystem, every niche, on earth there are fungi inside of our body of course and they're not uh, we we tend to think of fungi of being uh, somehow if we're not um, enlightened about mushrooms or we didn't grow up with mushrooms we might th- tend to think of mushrooms as being like molds that grow in your shower or something right, well like that's that. where
0: my head was like it's just icky fungus you know you gotta you, you try to get it off your feet
1: or toadstools that grow in the woods or the forest that are lurid and, and they're, they're, you know, they, they do break down pretty fast. So they, they look really gross when they're breaking down, they're kind of oozing and so forth. And they, of course, there are red ones with white dots all over them that are kind of breaking down and, you know, they don't look that appetizing at that point. But when they're, when they first come out, they're pretty amazing. All colors of the rainbow, red and orange and green and blue. Um, they're just, really wonderful to look at out out in nature but uh, they do degrade quickly and they only come on for a short time when there's rain so typically you have to get out there and really uh, walk through the woods or the forest and and see their full and, and their full color and regalia in the fall typically sometimes in the summer depending on whether you get summer rains or not but when you get a big bloom and then there are secondary blooms and you'll get morels that come in the spring and other mushrooms. So you can find mushrooms pretty much year round uh, if you are in the right environment and there's rain. There's one absolute about mushrooms and that is they love rain. But So I think many people are just, are not tuned into the value of mushrooms as far as to our health, the nutritional value and uh, the value to support our immune response and our immunity. You mentioned I'm talking, how second? important immunity is, and yeah. I want to emphasize that by saying that not only immunity helps fight off bacteria and viruses, so we're kind of thinking about that all the time, but also our immune system is attached to every other system of our body, our hormones, our neurotransmitters. Uh, and if our immune system is, has been weakened through stress, through diet, um, poor nutrition, whatever it might be, constant stress is really one of the internal or external stress really is one of the major uh, forces that can reduce the power of our immune system. But our immune system is also really plays a great role in our mood and our yeah. psychology. We don't often think of that, but 60% of our immune tissue is inside of our gut. Yep. So what we, whatever we eat uh, is really affects our um, Um, immune system and our mood. So it's all tied together, the nervous system, hormonal system, immune system. And if our immune system is impacted by stress, that's gonna affect our mood, our digestion, and all the rest of our body. So it's really important to keep a strong, uh, vital immune response, as we know, not only for protecting us against viruses, but just to feel good every day.
0: So the thing that was fascinating to me in my research on mushrooms is that they're like rejuvenators of life um that there's that there are these elements to it that that are then fungi that they they it breaks down and then it rejuvenates the earth. oh
1: that's true it it's a, a
0: life. Life, all so life
1: is a cycle we know problem. right there's there, we see the tree that the new buds and new flowers are coming out the new leaves and then through the summer it gathers light and and it's very active and then in the fall it drops the leaves of course unless it's an evergreen but tends to drop the leaves and go into dormancy but also the tree eventually grows and and dies like we do like all animals do bacteria so and, and then we're rejuvenated yeah uh, life life starts a new cycle and mushrooms in the forest are absolutely vital uh, here's one here that i wanted to show uh, turkey tails, which is Tremetes versicolor, this mushroom is so ubiquitous. You see it in the forest everywhere, growing on dead wood. This is one of the major recyclers of wood. So when a tree dies, when a shrub dies, then it's invaded by fungi. It's it's broken down. Mushrooms have um, enzymes. That can actually break the wood down, break the cellulose down, break the lignin down, and recycle all of those important components, including the carbon, so that other organisms can use them. So they're, yes, they're a vital, vital link in uh, renewal. Uh, we have we have a saying where it's um, basically Shiva energy. So when we what we saw in the government. Uh, this last months, uh, where there's a lot of chaos, a lot of almost like a mini revolution. Well, we could kind of call this Shiva energy in that there's destruction, and then there's creation. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, in the government, we're seeing all this um, crumbling, things are crumbling, um, and, and th- people are not getting along, there's a lot of adversity, and then eventually something will that will come that's better, we're hopeful. But Let in nature, help. that's always the way.
0: Yes, let's all hope. So let's go back for a second. So what is it about, I wanna talk about some of the the key um, health benefits of mushrooms. So immune strengthening is one of them. Like what is it about the mushrooms that helps build the immune system? I mean, There are other things that help with immune systems, so are antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. What is it that mushrooms are doing for the immune system?
1: Well, they I I tend to think of several ways in which fungi can be incorporated into the diet regularly. Uh as a as a supplement, as a powder, you can use capsules, but I really prefer the powders because I can add powders to a smoothie. No, don't know, no, I don't need that
0: right now. I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Um because we'll talk later about how to incorporate it. I mean like what is the principles? What's going Right, on I'm going to get to that. Right, right, okay.
1: Momentarily here, but I'm just saying, you know, incorporate them in the diet. Why would you incorporate them in the diet? Well, they have all kinds of beneficial uh, aspects to them. First of all, nutrition. So you might not think, uh, the mushrooms are delicious. Here's a shiitake. And of course, everyone knows the button mushroom, but the shiitake is the second most widely cultivated mushroom in the world. And so besides the flavor and the texture, you're getting an incredible powerhouse of nutrition from shiitake from uh, the button mushroom, from lion's mane is another one that's edible and delicious. So any of these edible mushrooms, you're getting an incredibly high high amount of usable and and highly assimilable protein with all the essential amino acids. So that's number one. As we age, we need more protein to eat more protein in the diet because we cannot digest and assimilate protein as well over say 45 or 50. So protein is very important. Uh, mushrooms are also an amazing source of trace minerals. So you get copper and zinc, iron. They're one of nature's highest sources source of, of nutrition as far as mineral goes. Also B vitamins. They produce a lot of B vitamins. Second only to certain types of meat. So, so uh, especially for vegetarians, mushrooms are great. Or the, the B vitamins, B12, B6, and so forth that we need for our immune and, and nervous system function. So, uh, and then finally, fiber. We all need more fiber in our diet. Uh, people, the uh, cultures that get say 25 uh, grams or 30 or 40 or 50 grams of fiber per day in their diet have half the rate of cardiovascular disease and diabetes, and other diseases. And the average American gets around 25 grams of fiber, soluble and insoluble fiber. The the government recommends 25, that is. And the average person gets around 15. So mushrooms are a major source of fiber, one of of the greatest sources of fiber. And when you consider grinding up a reishi mushroom and powdering it, making a, a cooked tea out of it, which is tells how to do that in my book, and then sprinkle it in your food, you're getting up to 50 or 60% fiber in your diet. And turkey tails the same way, has about up to 60% fiber. Just, so, just in a small fiber. dried serving? I'm sorry?
0: Just in a small dried serving?
1: Uh, yeah, on well, any wow. size. There, but well, it's me. so
0: funny, because I was looking, we, we were, you were talking about how government says 25 grams of fiber, and uh, most people get 15. When you look at how much food you have to consume to get to 40 and 50 grams of fiber, it's an enormous amount of food.
1: Well, it's more vegetables, it's more fruit. Obviously, if you eat dairy, if you eat meat, there's no fiber in dairy or meat. So cheese has no fiber. Right. Uh, So the more vegetables, grains, beans, nuts, and fruit you eat, the more fiber you're gonna get. And yeah, it's more bulk that we have to eat. But you can get around that by making smoothies, grinding up the vegetables, grinding up Mm -hmm. the fruit, and putting mushroom powder in there, and you're going to get a fiber source that is second to none, and Mm -hmm. it's enjoyable to drink. I usually have a smoothie every day with either vegetables or fruit plus mushroom powders.
0: So now talk about the beta glucans because I think that's part of. I mean, so mushrooms are a nutritional powerhouse, but there's kale is a nutritional powerhouse, not as much as mushrooms, but they have powerful things and broccoli does. And there are those that love eggs. So I'm still on the, the magic thing. Like there's the immune stories about mushrooms are in, impressive. Um, there was a story about Paul Stamets who um, about his mother who had stage four breast cancer and good was given chemotherapy, but was also, basically they said, good luck with it. Go get your life in order. And then she was given lot. Was it lion's tail? Um, I forget now which, whether it was lion's tail or turkey t- or turkey tail or lion's mane, one of those mushrooms. Turkey tail. Turkey tail. In addition to her chemotherapy, and That's she was like 88 there. years old at the time, 87 or 89, and years later, she's still alive and she's totally cancer-free. So, what's happening in those stories?
1: Well, all mushrooms, uh, with, and I have to use reishi as a as a good example. Reishi has more of the beta-glucans. And beta-glucans are sugar polymers, in other words, long chains of glucose molecules attached in a certain way, so that when we ingest them, and even shiitake has them, so all mushrooms have beta-glucans. And when we ingest them, our body immediately recognizes them as a fungal source of polymers. So we've ingested fungi, our immune system through ancient receptor sites that have, that uh, recognition sites are going to know that this is a fungi uh, based on these beta-glucans and they are going to uh, start this amazingly complex and beautiful response. So it modulates many aspects of our immune system, including helping our body uh, T-cells to, to our body to make more T-cells, to recognize uh, antigen like uh, viruses and potential pathogens, learn to recognize those faster and hold the memory longer. So there's just an amazingly complex and beautiful thing that happens when we ingest these beta-glucans. But the bottom line is our immune system is going to be more vigilant and more able to deal with viruses, uh, bacteria, and other infections, maybe even prevent it from happening in the first place. That's why I take Reishi pretty much every day, especially during the winter. I will ingest um, reishi mushroom powder. You have to heat it first. So most mushrooms should be cooked or heated to break down the cell wall so that our body can recognize these beta-glucans and start reacting in our immune response. So every morning I typically use reishi mushroom, especially in the winter, in order to keep my immune system vigilant. And I'm happy to say that I haven't, since i've been incorporating reishi i haven't really had a cold or flu or anything it just really is amazing how how potent and how effective they are
0: All right and the question of course hanging out there when you want to talk about antiviral antibacterial properties of reishi or other mushrooms is covid i can't i was going to talk about it later let's talk about it now so would that include covid prevention and or treatment has that has i haven't heard about that i've heard about a lot of stuff heard about, um, you know, vitamins and minerals and things like that, but I have not heard specifically about use of mushrooms.
1: Yes, there's actual actual clinical research on vitamin D, for instance, but, uh, and some herbs, there are a few herbs that have been tested in vitro. That means that they make an herb extract and they, they expose uh, coronavirus to it and then coronavirus fails to reproduce or it has a harder time attaching to cells in vitro in a test tube. However, there are no clinical trials showing that reishi or other medicinal mushrooms are going to block coronavirus from replicating. Uh, there's, there's no clinical trials. But, but uh, I will say that, of course, it, it makes sense that the stronger your, our immune system is, the better outcomes we're going to get. And the less likely we are to become infected. That that goes without saying. But clinical trials are lacking at this point. So with other
0: viral infections in general, you were talking about you take rishi prophylactically during the winter so that you avoid getting sick. Do you ever take it? I'll call it treatment when you start getting if you get a scratchy throat or something, do you double up on your Rishi? Um, well, I
1: double down, <laughs> yeah.
0: Whatever, like, but I mean, do you use it yeah, treatment as well as prevention?
1: Yes. Oh yeah. For prevention, I use a, a moderate dose, which to me is about maybe a half a teaspoon, three quarters teaspoon of the processed powder. So it's already been heated and broken down into a very fine particles so that we can, our body can really utilize that and take it up and start mounting an immune response if i start getting a scratchy throat or a cough or something like that then i'm going to use a teaspoon or maybe even two teaspoons of the powder per day one in the morning and one in the evening that's powerful and i only use that during symptoms then i go back to a maintenance dose which is okay and is there
0: anyone Well, again we'll talk about supplementing and consuming and stuff later on but as long as we're on the topic is there anyone that um, should not or need do they need to double check what the doctor be taking before taking any of this, whether they've got allergies, whether they've got anything else that they, you know, might be sensitive to. I'm gonna call it heating up their immune system. Anyone with autoimmune?
1: Well, I've had this question a lot through the years in teaching mushroom classes. I'm alert I, I tend to be allergic to yeast, and I have I'm just an a person that that is sensitive to different types of food should can I eat mushrooms and I over the years in my clinical practice I have I really have rarely seen anybody react to reishi or turkey tail and so forth It's possible yes I mean very rarely Mm -hmm. but I think if you're starting out with a mushroom powder you can start with a low dose like a quarter teaspoon maybe take that for a couple days just to see how you're going to react and then boost it up to a half teaspoon or three quarters of a teaspoon per day uh, for maintenance, but I've rarely seen any actual reactions against uh, the higher fungi like reishi and shiitake and so forth.
0: Okay, gotcha. All right, let's just reiterate. So we went, so immune system, I'll call immune system, cancer prevention, cancer treatment, heart disease, cholesterol management, diabetes management, blood sugar management, um, liver support. I mean, basically it seems like. If there's a part on your body, mushrooms will be able to help in some way or
1: another, and nervous system,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like lion's mane. Lion's mane is well known now and has been studied for uh, increasing the reproduction of nerve cells, so regeneration of nerve cells. Uh, There aren't any clinical trials on that yet, but there is a lot of research interest in lion's mane. But there is research for its um, helping with psychological issues like depression, anxiety, and also cognition, better memory. So lion's mane has become one of the top mushrooms now simply because of the clinical trials for mood uh, imbalances helping with that and also for cognition.
0: So would that Uh, help with uh, Alzheimer's? I'll call it Alzheimer's prevention. I saw that there was some research on lion's mane with Alzheimer's.
1: There are no clinical trials, but on, on the other hand, for Reishi uh, for cognition, Lion's Mane for cognition. Uh, there, there are a lot of in vivo and in vitro studies. So there are lots of re- laboratory research, right. but the clinical trials for Alzheimer's is not there yet. However, so, for memory support, general memory support in humans, yes, there are some clinical trials.
0: For Reishi and for Lion's Mane.
1: Right. How and about for,
0: um, you talk about nerve regeneration. How about for um, like neuropathies, like diabetic neuropathies and nerve pain?
1: Uh, for kidneys, uh, the best thing are is um, in general like um, well. No, know, no, 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 not kidneys. About, Neuro- yeah, you're talking Neuro- about pain. neuropathy.
0: Neuropathy, like yeah.
1: Nerve pain.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you're talking about nerve pain. There are no, again, there are no clinical trials, but Rishi uh, has some clinical reports for neuropathy and for pain in general mm-hmm. using Rishi regularly.
0: Okay, all right. Let's talk about. I'll call it the five your five best mushrooms. you probably kind of gone through them a little bit or if you mentioned pieces of them, but let's just real specifically so that anybody that's out there can write them down, the ones that they want. Um, and I've got a couple questions coming in and I think what we'll do is if you don't mind, Chris, we'll kind of hold it. We'll do the questions later on at the end. We'll run sure. through with everybody. So hang in there, Vicki, I see your question. Um, all right, so number one, reishi seems to be, I'll call it the king of the mushrooms.
1: It seems to be, and of course, it's a very ancient mushroom. It's been used for for many, many centuries, and was written about thousand uh, years ago, fifteen hundred years ago. Uh, and uh, it's also very recognizable. I mean, this is a beautiful one here. That this basically this scroll shape, like this, mm-hmm. is very common. It comes in red and different other colors. This one is cultivated, well, both of these are cultivated ones, so you can cultivate them and get the fruiting bodies uh, by cultivation, or you can pick them from the wild. And reishi is, I think, so popular because, for one thing, it's just been used for so long and so revered as a spirit mushroom that helps calm the spirit, they say, so calm you down if you feel anxiety. And I certainly had amazing results in my clinical practice with reishi. That's probably one of my very top herbs that I recommended to people and had so much positive feedback on it over the years or just calming people down. And I use it personally myself, uh, the powder. If I feel upset or nervous at all, then Rishi is the one of the ones that I go to first. And another thing about Rishi is it has such a broad spectrum of application. Mm -hmm. It's been known for helping to heal the respiratory tract and prevent respiratory tract conditions like maybe asthma, uh, chronic bronchitis. Uh, It's also my go-to for prevention, as I mentioned, any type of uh, upper respiratory tract infection like colds or flu or any upper respiratory tract infection, bronchitis and so forth. So it's well known for respiratory tract conditions. It also is very well known as an immunomodulator like many mushrooms mm-hmm. and preventing any type of infections. And again, the, the, the unique thing about Rishi is the calm, the spirit and the relaxing, calming qualities of Rishi. Uh, it's often thought of as a spirit mushroom in the sense that if you're, you have a spiritual practice or, or um, you're meditating, and uh, your regular practice, then reishi is, a, is a, or an herb or a mushroom that can help you with your practice because it just creates this feeling of calmness and serenity in the body and mind. And that's what it's really known for. Also, it protects the liver. There are studies showing that it help, can help protect the liver from viruses and help heal the liver. In general, when used regularly, uh, kidneys, a pain I mentioned before, uh, so it has a whole spectrum. Uh, right. And uses. you
0: mentioned Rishi was with cancer as well.
1: Well, yeah. all the mushrooms okay. are really, as far as Rishi, clinical trials, um, Turkey Tail has the most clinical trials on cancer. Okay. Rishi does have a few good clinical trials showing that people who took chemotherapy with certain types of cancer plus the Rishi versus just chemotherapy alone. Mm-hmm people that took the rishi with chemotherapy had less side effects from the chemo such as nausea and fatigue while on the same time their long term survival rate was enhanced by using the mushroom powders and i want to get i want to say that in my book one good thing about my book is i re- i review all the clinical trials that have been done on every common major species of mushroom so and the, the, it's highly referenced in the book so if you're interested in the science and the clinical trials behind mushrooms and the safety, then I really review all of that.
0: That's great. Um, there's a question when we use these, so we're talking about using, um, I often will talk about natural medicine being able to support your body to better be able to process pharmaceuticals if you need to take pharmaceuticals and potentially reduce the doses. Does mushrooms fall into that same category that by using mushrooms you might be able to reduce? your level of medication of other types of medications?
1: Well, it's known that some herbs like St. John's wort Mm -hmm. and ginger and some herbs actually change the way that liver enzymes break drugs down in the body. Like if you take Mm -hmm. a pharmaceutical and it could either increase the levels of of the drug or it could decrease levels of the drug. So some mushrooms like reishi might slightly affect the liver enzymes, the way that drugs are metabolized. But really, I wouldn't recommend using mushrooms for that, just to be able to lower your dose of a particular drug, because unless you know exactly the parameters of the drug and how it's metabolized, there are many liver enzymes. So it's just too difficult to really predict how it might affect the drugs that you're taking. So I don't really recommend it for that. However, if you're using any type of pharmaceuticals, including aspirin or nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, We know that they impact our liver function and our kidney function. So the herb that really supports kidney function is is cordyceps. Here's cordyceps militaris, which are, these are the breeding bodies that are cultivated.
0: They look like worms.
1: They kind of do. uh, But they, interestingly, they smell and taste quite good. So you can actually stir fry with these things or powder them up and take a medicine. And uh, Cordyceps has some really, really good clinical trials showing that they can protect our liver against uh, nephrotoxic or kidney toxic uh, drugs. And Reishi for for the liver more and Cordyceps more for the kidneys. So these are two medicinal mushrooms that really are a must when you're, in my opinion, when you're using uh, any type of pharmaceuticals that could impact your kidney or liver.
0: Yeah, and I was gonna say, I mean, it seems in general that if anyone, though, on the on both sides of it, if the, if somebody is taking any kind of prescription medication, and they want to act based on our conversation, and they're now inspired to to consider supplementing with mushrooms, um, that they should check first with their doctor or with a trained herbalist, probably, because their doctor probably has no idea um, about the impact of the mushrooms on their body or the, the interconnect between the drug and their liver and the mushrooms.
1: Well, it doesn't hurt to mention if you if you have a natural care practitioner or any type of medical practitioner that you're working with, it can't hurt to mention that you are using reishi and so forth or other medicinal mushrooms. However, I can say that the track record of mushroom use is incredible as one of the safest natural remedies that you can use. It doesn't really, we talked, you mentioned about um, affecting liver enzymes and drug metabolism, but it doesn't, it isn't really impact us very uh, significantly. So it's only a mild effect with most mushrooms. Now, reishi has been thought, has some research that it might interfere with clotting. And Mm -hmm. so if you're using anti-clotting medications, like like Mm warfarin, that you might have to stop taking mushrooms or not take them and also um, some of the other mushrooms but it turns out that that a study was done on uh, how reishi affects clotting in people a clinical trial and they found that it did actually did not affect the clotting time they also you you might read sometimes that don't use reishi if you're going to have surgery because it could affect the way you you clot well it turns out that it didn't in this clinical trial. So it may, it's probably more theoretical than anything, but overall mushrooms are incredibly safe. And I've reviewed the literature for years and years and very rarely come across uh, significant issues with mushrooms.
0: Good, I'm glad. No, and I wasn't trying to say that they weren't, I just always as kind of a, as the lawyer sitting somewhere in the background someplace, Just to to always, I always suggest that people always double check because I don't know what else is going on in their body or what combination of pharmaceuticals they're taking.
1: Yeah, any natural remedy, I think it's always good to discuss it and and, uh, also start out slowly with it if you're on medications and just to see how it's going to react in your body. Maybe a half dose for a week and then you can see how it's going to react and then you can increase it slowly.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've got Reishi, we've got Cordyceps is one of the top five, and you talked about kidney support. Cordyceps, that was the one that the Chinese Olympic team got in trouble for years ago, wasn't it?
1: Well, yes. Uh, Cordyceps has been known for a long time, over maybe a couple thousand years, for enhancing performance, both sexual performance and uh, just for sports as well, and vitality and vigor and so forth. So that's why one reason why it's used in China and different parts of Asia. And literally, uh, this is Cordyceps militaris, which is cultivated, and it's a much uh, less expensive way of using Cordyceps. And it's also cultivated, and it is a true species, Cordyceps militaris, whereas Cordyceps or Ophiocordyceps, which is the original Cordyceps that grows on a caterpillar those are very difficult to, to get a hold of. And those are the ones that in China are more expensive than gold. So mm-hmm. they, they sell by the ounce and they're really, really expensive. Yeah. So I don't recommend using products that say Cordyceps Sinensis on them because it probably isn't. Right. So you want products that say Cordyceps Militaris, which many of them do today. Many cultivators are growing Militaris, which has many of the same properties beneficial properties for energy, vitality, vigor. However, there are only a a small amount of clinical trials on that aspect of cordyceps. I think it's more important as a protector of the kidneys and also as a general immune tonic. And if you want to try it for just uh, increasing your sports performance, uh, vigor, vitality, then you can try it. But uh, keep in mind that the clinical trials are not robust for boosting uh vitality now this thing that you mentioned about the um uh the what do you call it olympics it
0: was a chinese i forget was it the women's volleyball yeah the
1: olympic women's that? runners
0: runners is that what
1: uh, yeah yeah they they got some gold med they got a bunch of gold medals one year in the olympics and and so they got criticized for using steroids Right. And performance-enhancing drugs, and then the coach said, "No, it was just cordyceps that right. that they were using, and that's why they won all those medals." And and uh, so people went, "Oh, great!" and started taking a lot of cordyceps. And it turns <laughs> out that a few of them were using performance-enhancing drugs, and uh-huh. but not all of them. So uh-huh. so uh, it could be that they were getting a, a real benefit out of. it. Oh, and you can see on the on my background here that this is cordyceps uh, militaris right oh, here, up
0: to the left there. Okay. All right. So let's talk real quickly. Uh, We've got a few other powerhouses and I want to talk about mushrooms in the diet. So we mentioned turkey tail for cancer.
1: Yes. Turkey tail has got more clinical trials than any other medicinal mushroom, and especially for cancer. Many of the cancers were, when we're talking about clinical trials with an accumulative amount of people, literally in the thousands of people that, that took turkey tail extract uh, when they're taking chemotherapy for t- different types of gastrointestinal cancers, like stomach cancer, bowel cancer, very common types of cancers, uh, they were given a turkey tail extract along with chemotherapy, one group, and then the other group, just the chemotherapy. Well, it turns out that the, the groups that were getting um, the turkey tail extract did definitely had less side effects Uh, their immune response was much stronger when in the group that were taking the turkey tail plus the chemotherapy. Uh, We all know that chemotherapy can really harm and really kill our immune cells in our body, unfortunately, and suppress our immune response. A lot of research shows that the stronger your immune response, the better you're going to do with any type of cancer. So Mm -hmm. it's really rather counterintuitive, isn't it? To use something like chemotherapy for cancer, even though they can target the fast growing cancer cells, they also tear our immune system down at the same time. So that's why it makes perfect sense to use turkey tails along with chemotherapy, if you choose chemotherapy or just by itself to maybe to prevent cancer, but it does have significant clinical research behind it. And, and so, and also just to keep your immune system toned up during the winter, ter- um, turkey tails are also great. Turkey tails grow in a lot of different places, a lot of woods around the world, uh, and you can find it typically locally in your woods on, on trees that were are dead and, and had fallen down, and you can pick them and make your own extraction. I describe in detail how to do that in my book, but certainly turkey tails should be right up at the top of medicinal mushrooms because they're so common, they're so effective for toning up our immune response and there are actual clinical trials on it.
0: Are there any mushrooms that are poisonous that look like turkey tail and someone might accidentally make a mistake?
1: No, not really. There, okay, there is a false turkey tail, which I totally detail in my book. They do look very similar, but false turkey tail also is non-toxic, so it doesn't really matter. It's just you're better off picking the real turkey tail because it has the long history of research and all the clinical trials. Whereas the false turkey tail, while it's probably is effective, doesn't have all that research behind it.
0: Gotcha. Okay. How about don't worry lion's about cane.
1: toxicity. There's nothing that looks like them really that that is toxic.
0: Okay. Good. All right. Lions mane. We talked about nerve cells um, and the the impact on that. So let's talk about one last one: shiitake mushrooms um, and the power of that. And then we'll talk about eating them, like getting them into our diet.
1: Yeah. Well, shiitake is a good place to start with that. Certainly, I am I love shiitake. That's definitely my favorite cultivated mushroom. They smell so good. They have a wonderful, fresh, uh, woodsy kind of smell. They're very tender. The, the mouthfeel is amazing. Um, hopefully, most of the uh, viewers today have eaten shiitake. Um, you can grow your own. Certainly, I describe how to grow your own in my book, step by step with pictures. But they're easy to grow. You can get kits. You can get spawn. You can get plugs to plug uh, oak trees if you have them available around. You can get some wood and plug it and grow your own. Uh, and so they are easy to grow. And most markets have shiitake these days. And what is really one of the most I was just to say,
0: what, what do they do for your body? Like, Why why is that one of your top five kings of mushrooms?
1: Well, they're incredibly delicious and they are incredibly high in fiber and B vitamins and protein. And also uh, vitamin D. Shiitake right. mushrooms have quite a bit of, it's a good natural source of vitamin D. Remember that vitamin D is one of the only natural supplements that have been proven to, to help us do better if we're infected with the coronavirus. So vitamin D supplementation is important Mm -hmm. in these times. And this is one of the best natural sources of vitamin D is shiitake mushroom.
0: Yeah, because it's hard to find any to eat. But I think also shiitake also helps in cancer, preventing and treating infected immune systems. And also, um, I think has, I've read something about weight management, helping you with weight.
1: Well, just because of all the fiber in it. Yeah and and it's so nutritionally dense that mm-hmm. you feel satisfied you don't feel as hungry i noticed that when i make a stir fry with say 10 fruiting bodies of shiitake and i might eat half of it so i might ingest 5 fruiting bodies of shiitake it it does make me feel fuller faster because of all the fiber and the nu- and the nutrition so i'm satisfied faster and that's another reason why I've got to keep my trim figure. So that's another reason why I eat lots of shiitake.
0: Gotcha, okay. Now, here's a question. A lot of these mushrooms aren't, you know, aren't so available at my local grocer. So that, you know, if I go to my grocery store, for the most part, it's button mushrooms, porcini, portobello, shiitake. Um, are those, Vicky? i would actually asked the question about um, whether those are called standard grocery ones are similarly nutritional powerhouses and health benefit powerhouses. Obviously, none of them are reishi, but are are those, I'll call it good for you, almost as good for you as some of these others that we're talking about?
1: They all have beta-glucans. In my book, I have a list of of all the common mushrooms that we might find in the store, like maitake and others, uh, button mushroom, and how much beta-glucans they have. So they all have Mm beta-glucans, and they're all good to eat, and they're all protective, immunoprotective, if you will. Uh, and they all have a lot of nutrition. Some are better than others, but certainly maitake, button mushroom, um, other mushrooms that you might find in the store, uh, are they're all good. And yeah. we, we have stores around us that, that can contain about 20 different fresh mushrooms. For instance, another one that's really, really good that I recommend trying out there are wood ear. So wood ear are jelly mushrooms. And if you go to China or Asia, or even in Chinese cuisine, if you go into a Chinese restaurant, you'll get wood ear in in the dish, and boy, are they delicious! They mm. are, abs- they they kind of have a nice uh, crunchy texture, and and they're quite good. And so when I was in China studying uh, Chinese medicine, every day I'd go into the restaurant near me, and I loved loved the wood ear so much that they put in the dish that I had my teacher write out more woodier, please, in in Chinese, and then I'd I'd show it to them (laughs) when I was ordering just so I could get more woodier in there.
0: Oh, that's great. Now, so you mentioned in passing before, but let's kind of underline that in terms of cooking and how the best ways to cook it. First of all, mushrooms actually it's beneficial, kind of like tomatoes, where you get more of the nutrients out of it when you cook the mushroom than to eat it raw because it breaks down the beta-glucans, yes?
1: Well, they typically must be cooked or yeah. heated. So if you get mushroom powders, they're all typically heated and, and broken down into very and ground up into small particles so we can absorb them and, you know, they're bioavailable. But if you're, if you're eating mushrooms like shiitake, some mushrooms are occasionally eaten raw, like, as you know, the button mushroom in the stores and salads, they're eaten raw. But you're not going to get nearly as much out of it if you don't cook it. So almost all mushrooms need to be cooked, even though they might taste okay uh, raw. They they're very hard to digest unless they are cooked and broken down. And you're not going to get nearly the beta glucans out and the nutrition out unless they are well cooked. And some mushrooms need to be very well cooked like like wild mushrooms when you're you're hunting wild mushrooms. They really should be well cooked, sliced and well cooked. So, to fight, so and well cooked.
0: So, you know, in this have my as you said. I'm not the big mushroom eater, but my family will let, really enjoy sautéed mushrooms. Uh, but they'll cook the heck out of that. I mean, they'll sauté it and they'll put some olive oil with it and they'll put some wine with it and they might put some other seasonings on it. Like, can you overcook? Can you cook the nutrition out of it? Like, what's what's oh. is there a line oh, to cross or it doesn't matter? It's all good.
1: The more you cook it, the more B vitamins you're going to lose, of course. So that's one aspect of it, but, but I I don't, you don't want to cook them until they're just mush. So some mushrooms, wild mushrooms don't have the structure and you can overcook them. So they just turn into mush. So they should be lightly stir fried, but like uh, shiitake, they're pretty sturdy. You can really cook those until they're very tender, how I do it typically is I slice them up into slices, put them in a skillet, put some olive oil in there and some water. I, I like putting water in there so that uh, when I'm uh, cooking them that, that you get steam coming up. And then I put my vegetables in there and the kale and other types of vegetables. And then that kind of steams them. And and, and uh, then you've got olive and oil in there too to extract some of the um, active ingredients and and so that's the way i do it stir fry with a little olive oil and water and uh but but don't cook them until they're mushy no but they have to be well cooked till they're tender that's the
0: and does it. it matter and i'm so freaky about organic on a lot of produce so there's far, there's wild there's farm raised there's organic does it matter when it comes to mushrooms
1: oh well sure i'm big on organic mm-hmm. um you know, some of the with the company I typically recommend, Mushroom Harvest, those are all grown organically. Uh, so, and also Far West Fungi, if you wanna buy mushroom kits and plugs and, and, and dry and fresh mushrooms, Far West Fungi, they're all organically grown. And so I only deal with organically grown companies and some products out there are not organically grown, some are, but if I'm gonna eat a mushroom, of course I want organically grown. If you get button mushrooms from the store or a portobello, those are grown in compost. So if you're growing mushrooms in compost, there are a lot of insect larvae, fly larvae and so forth. So they have to spray them with insecticides typically to kill the larvae. So I don't want that. It's like malathion is what's typically used uh, to grow, you know, to keep the uh, flies off of the mushrooms from the larvae from eating them. And if you buy mushrooms from out of the country, for instance, China or wherever, they're shipped into this country in big bags like this. Uh, And so they have to typically be fumigated to kill any uh, larvae that are inside the fruiting body. So definitely you want organic if you can get it.
0: You know what's so funny? When I was researching, they were talking about the use of fungi for pesticides and their effectiveness in controlling pests, including termites and including, um, what else, helping bees to survive. And yet they're blowing d- chemicals into these things rather than using d- its own technology. I don't technology? know where you
1: came up with that. I really don't know where you came up with that.
0: Really? I'll show I'll you. you. I'll send it, I'll send it to you. Where was it? I'll send it to you. Oh, okay. I can see it, I'll, po- I'll yeah. post it. It was in this movie that I was watching with Paul Salmon. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, there are some wild mushrooms out there that that do have insecticidal properties, like mm-hmm. chanterelles, even. Mm-hmm. Chanterelles are, are strong insecticide. You can go out and hunt chanterelles, which are a delicious edible right. that are gold and yellow. And you know, if you pick porcini and you find this beautiful porcini that you want to eat out in the wild, and they are one of the most delectable mushrooms, as you know, wild mushrooms. They aren't really cultivated. And you go, oh my look at this mushroom, it's so beautiful and and you smell it and you're you're, salivating already just thinking about eating it. And then you cut it in half and it's completely full of fly maggots. So that happens, but for chanterelles, no. You can cut it open, there's never any uh, insects in there. So mushrooms, some mushrooms do have natural insecticidal properties, but but not shiitake so much, uh, not not uh, porcini certainly and yeah. uh, button mushrooms those are all susceptible to fly larvae and
0: yeah this may have been talking about fungi in general but, like fungi bigger than mushroom in terms of the pesticides
1: it's right? varied some, uh, some wild ones might be active against uh, against insects yes but not the typical cultivated ones no. all
0: right so i digressed and went down it went down a train track so organic <laughs> only um let's. We're going to um, put into the chat some of these websites that you mentioned. But you mentioned Mushroom Wellness as a source, and then Mushroom Harvest and Far West Fungi.
1: Right, those are the three that I recommend.
0: All right, so my friend Lauren should be getting those links into the chat so that people can see those and find those. Um, All right, so let's talk about supplements. So that you know, there's some of these you're eating. Some of these, talk about it as supplementation. Like could sound, based on what you're saying, everyone should take a reishi supplement or reishi powder every day. So what's your recommendation in terms of can or should people be supplementing?
1: Well, I think so. Um, when it comes to shiitake or maitake, you can eat those, you can incorporate those in your diet. But when it comes to reishi, you cannot eat these. See, I don't care if you slice this up and cook it an two or three hours and pound it and everything else it's still not going to be tenderized so you can actually eat it so uh with rishi and and some other ones we'll even maybe lion's mane and some of these other conks here's a conch blindness that is very woody i mean you can hear it there so you cannot eat these they have to be cooked with high heat and then broken down and powdered and then you take the powder in a pouch and you take a scoop and you put that in a smoothie or put it in a soup and it gives a nice mushroomy flavor. And then, or you can just stir it in a cup of hot water and drink it. Right. So the powders, to me are the very best way to go, but they have to be specially heat treated to high heat and then broken down to very fine granules that we can access. So, you know, what's the guidelines? I think organic, as you mentioned, Not all mushroom powders are organic. So you want organic. I like domestic grown. Uh, Some come from overseas, which are some are organic and they're fine. But I really like domestic grown uh, like Mushroom Wellness and Mushroom Harvest. They're grown in Washington uh, under very, very pure conditions. Uh, So purity and quality is important. How they're processed, they have to be heat treated. Uh, the other, th- the big discussion these days is mycelium versus fruiting body. So mycelium are the vegetative part of the fungi. So when you, their first inoculate, or when they the spore um, germinates, they produce these long white threads, which are called mycelium. That's the vegetative body. They go out into the environment and start in, uh, eating up wood and uh, broken down leaves and other biomass, and they convert it to... To the fungi, and so people grow mycelium in in the le, in uh, warehouses or in facilities where they're they're growing them organically, and they're growing on grains. They're growing on cooked rice. Sometimes they're grown on wood and other substrates, but commonly rice because mushrooms love all that glucose that's in cooked rice and starch. Right, they they eat that and they produce all this mycelium, and then the block is sliced dried and powdered up and then put into a pouch so that you can eat that. The problem being is that if you don't allow the mycelium to completely digest the, the rice, then you're going to buy that supplement and it's, there's going to be a significant amount of starch in there hmm. and, and rice. And you don't want that. You don't want to pay for, for rice starch. Right. One study was done in the and a, a very good study, an important study was done Uh, McCleary and Draga, you can look it up online. I I cited in my book, they took uh, products off of the shelf and they tested them for starch and for beta-glucans. And we want high beta-glucan, low starch in the product. They found some products had up to 60, 70, 80% starch and almost no beta-glucan that are out there on the market. So it's really important to to buy products that are guaranteeing beta glucans, like mushroom wellness is guaranteeing about 15% uh, beta glucans. So you know that you're getting the beta glucans and you know that there are some fruiting bodies in there. You want that. So a mixture of mycelium and fruiting bodies is fine as long as you're getting the beta glucans and you have low starch in there. Gotcha. Other if products heard- are good. go ahead.
0: Do you recommend a multi mushroom? I saw you can get just reishi powder or you can get, I'll call it a multi mushroom powder.
1: Well, they each have their benefit. If you, to me, reishi is great. And, and I take that for cold and flu season. There are five. There are products that have five different mushrooms in there, like a blend. There's right. 10 mushroom blends and so forth. The blends are really good for, for really getting a broad spectrum activity to, for prevention, in my opinion. So you can take those as a daily supplement. You're getting reishi, you're getting shiitake, you're getting turkey tail, and you're getting all of those in one product. And then you can take that daily as a preventative. So I'm really into them for prevention.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Chris Hobbs, that was phenomenal. What a great lesson. So let me just give everybody your website again, which is ChristopherHobbs.com. And the name of the book again is Christopher Hobbs Medicinal Mushrooms. and. There you go. Whoops, there you, wait, you're
1: in, you're out, you're in. Yeah, it's in and out, but there, you can see it there.
0: Right there, right now.
1: All right. You can order it now, and it really is an. and I just want to say how grateful I am to Story Publishing. They just did an amazing job on the the pictures. They're just phenomenal. That's
0: beautiful.
1: And just all throughout, there is the, every page there's a photograph on. You can learn how to make products, you can learn how to cook them, make uh, you know, pick them in the wild. I have tips on the toxic ones, learning those. So it's a complete guide. Perfect,
0: all right, thank you. Okay, everybody go out, be healthy, download the immune book, and go re- sign up for our YouTube channel so you can see all the stuff that we have. And Chris's video will be there probably in the next few days. But tell your friends about this, send them to our Facebooks. All right, thank you, Chris. Thanks for, thank for joining everybody. us,
1: everybody. I'm glad you came. and and uh, go out there and start looking for mushrooms.
0: There you go. It's coming into the wet season, April showers.
1: That's right, more Yep, all
0: right, thank you. We're living in an unprecedented time when trust in our media and news sources are at an all time low. It seems that everyone has an agenda, if not a political one, then a business one, as media companies are beholden to advertisers or shareholders. Well, not at Bottom Line. We're a family-owned business and have been free from the influence of advertising since our start nearly 50 years ago, focused solely on helping people live happier, more fulfilled lives. Our flagship publication, Bottom Line Personal, provides advice that can be put into action each day, helping people do better and feel better. Thousands of top, highly respected, truth-seeking experts have appeared in Bottom Line Personal on topics in all areas of life, including healthcare, financial planning, home improvement tips, great gift ideas, how to save money on travel, insurance snafus, smart tax strategies, improving your relationships, and so much more. Bottomline Personal has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for nearly 50 years with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottomline's best bets, full of some of our experts' greatest tips of all time. Just go to bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast. That's bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast.